Well, hello. Good morning. Wasn't that incredible? This is amazing. I didn't even know what to expect. Um, so it's great to see you. Welcome everyone also who's joining us via live stream. It is great to have you and to have you participating with us this Lessons in Carol service. Um, well, how, how's everybody's year been? Yeah, pretty normal. Yeah, mine too. Uh, nothing, uh, nothing eventful happening this year. Um, it has been uh, quite, the, quite the tsunami in 2021 to follow the earthquake of 2020. And uh, as you look back and you think back to everything that's happened since January of 2021, it's, it's amazing how many events can stack up in one single year. Um, you know, we're still fighting the pandemic, haven't we? Uh, after all these months, after all the successes we thought we would be finally beyond it, we're not beyond it, we're still fighting it. We still got divisions, we still have polarization uh, in our country, and many of us experiencing that on a personal level with relationships and family. Um, and then every day it seems like there's just more news, another, another act of violence, uh, another extreme weather event, another injustice. And then on a personal end, a lot of us are grieving major losses at the end of 2021. A lot of major significant losses this year. Some have lost a job. Some have lost a friendship. Some have lost a loved one. Some have lost health. And I think um, one thing that's uh, come home to me is that so many of us are fighting. We're just to the point now where we're just fighting. We're fighting with everything we have for our health we're fighting with everything we have for our relationships, for perspective, for another day where we're just living with some sense of hope. And after a year like this, sometimes I just find myself wondering, like, will it ever be okay to celebrate again? You know, will it ever be a time where we can just be happy again and, and, uh, and be joyful? And when that would be okay, or it would be actually be appropriate to, to have joy once again. Um, one of the the joyful song, there's a lot of joyful songs today. One of them is called the Magnificat, the Magnificat. And that is, uh, simply means I rejoice, I rejoice. The Magnificat was written by a poor, unknown Jewish young girl living in Palestine in the first century. And uh, she had experienced quite a bit of suffering. You know, she, she grew up in a village where foreign uh, um, you know, soldiers lived and actually took money from the village that they were occupying so that they could continue to occupy it. And you know, imagine that. Imagine a foreign power stealing all of your wealth while placing its soldiers right next to you. And she had to live with that. And so did her, her kin. She was unknown. She was a young woman in a society that didn't uh, view women very highly. And year after year, you know, just living with a state of humiliation and oppression. And then one year, this young woman experienced a miraculous intervention by the living God. He performed a miracle for her, a literal miracle, and she saw it with her own eyes. It, it impacted her forever. And after that miracle, she, she wrote a song about it. And if any of you are songwriters or know songwriters, you know that, you know, you need some inspiration. And sometimes pain is an inspiration, but sometimes a miracle or a breakthrough or something incredible happening to you can also be an inspiration. 
And so she wrote a song about it. We called it the Magnificat. It's recorded in one of the biographies of Jesus uh, called Luke, the Gospel of Luke. Now, very few songs from the ancient world have survived to this day. But this song not only has survived, but it's currently sung all over the world every single year. And it's especially beloved, this song, the Magnificat, is, is beloved by people who have suffered a great deal in their life. Like, like the author of this song, uh, Mary, Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ, wrote the song. And so before we end the service today, I want to reflect on uh, this song because it gives us a couple of really good reasons that we can celebrate. There's a couple of really solid reasons that we can celebrate. It's embedded within this song. And if you want to look at it, it's on page 15 of your programs. You can turn there if you'd like. Let's consider at the end of 2021, at the end of this last year, at the end, quite frankly, the last two years, what are a couple of reasons that we can rejoice? The first thing that Mary sings about is that, you know, we can rejoice, we can celebrate when God does great things for ordinary people. When God does great things for ordinary people, that is an incredibly awesome, good reason to celebrate. I think sometimes people just assume that great things happen for great people. That you have to be, you know, that success, what is, uh, you know, success comes to those who have success. You just get more success. And fortune favors the bold. Fortune favors the brave, people who go out and get it. And in the arena of human relationships, that's often the case, right? That there's this thing called privilege, and once you get some privilege, you get more and more privileges, and they just sort of stack on top of one another. And that's great things happen for great people, great dreamers, greatly talented. Um, but God acts very differently than we do in this arena. This is one area where you look at how God likes to operate, and it's very, very, he looks very, very differently. Uh, than, and, and acts very differently than we do. He has a very special eye for ordinary people, meek people, invisible people, the very people that we would not see, the very people that we would not become friends with, the very people that we would think nothing good is ever going to happen to you. God sees them. He sees them in their need. He sees them in their humility. And he says, I want to show my greatness to this ordinary person who knows they don't deserve it. You know, Mary says, my soul rejoices and magnifies in God, my Savior. And the, the reason is um, he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. You could, translate, you could even translate that humiliated. He's looked on the humiliated state, the, the meek condition of his servant. In other words, the great God has seen my small life. He's known Mary He's seen Mary since the day she was conceived, since the day she was born. He's been watching her. He's been seeing, he knows about all the good days. He knows about all the terrible days, the highs and the lows. You know, if Mary's been hungry from poverty, he's known about it. Um, if she's been threatened by a Roman soldier, he's seen it. If she's been overlooked by society, the Lord God has looked upon her on her humble estate. He's looked upon her small and ordinary life. It was his good pleasure for his greatness to be demonstrated in seeing Mary, finding Mary, noticing Mary. He chose Mary. 
God plucked Mary from obscurity and placed her right in the center of his plan to save the world. He called Mary to become the mother of Jesus Christ. And what an honor to, to be the mother of God's son. What an honor. That's why Mary says, he who is mighty has done great things for me. Of all people, the mighty one has done great things for me. And this is true not only for Mary, this is true for other people as well. God loves to do great things for ordinary people. He shows his power by helping the weak. We might call this grace. This is undeserved, God's undeserved kindness that he lavishes on people. And an angel told Mary, you are highly favored. You are highly graced. It didn't mean that Mary was a gifted person. She had a lot of talent. But simply that Mary was seen by a loving God, blessed by a loving God. In his greatness, he saw her. In his greatness, he chose her. Now, what about us? At the end of 2021, does God see us? Does God see you? Does he see me? And if he did, would he be kind enough to lavish his favor and grace on us? This week, I heard uh, a woman named Chrissy give her life story. Now, Chrissy is a world champion archer. She's an archery coach here in Illinois. She's a wife and mother of three. Uh, when Chrissy was eight years old, however, um, she entered the foster care system in our city. Um, her parents were, were deemed to, to no longer be fit to be her parents. And so she went into the foster care system and lost everything all at once. Most of us lose things one at a time, one person at a time, one thing at a time. She lost everything all at once. She lost her mom and dad. Um, she lost her brother, Richie, and her sister, Becky whom she really bonded with. They were her source of security and, and closeness, and she couldn't hug them anymore at night, and it broke her heart. She lost her family network. She lost her belongings. Now, Chrissy's life changed when she was taken into Lydia Home. Lydia Home is a, is a group home for foster kids, and about, it's about four and a half miles straight west on Irving Park Road. And they take in about 40 kids at a time from the foster care system. And... Uh, at Lydia Home, she was fed, she was protected. Um, she had some burns, uh, some second degree burns that she had to recover from. She had trauma to recover from as well. They had counselors there and uh, they just, they loved her day in, day out. Um, one of the people that Chrissy bonded with was the cook at Lydia Home because Chrissy loved to cook. And so the cook, the cook was like, hey, you know, you don't have anywhere to go home for Christmas. Would you like to come to our place and have Christmas with our family? And Chrissy w was thrilled, and she went home with the cook. Now, the only thing Chrissy wanted for Christmas was twin Cabbage Patch dolls, which was all the rage back in the day. There was twin Cabbage Patch dolls, a boy and a girl, and she desperately wanted twin Cabbage Patch dolls. That was the only thing she wanted, but was like, you know, they're pretty expensive. At least they were back then. I don't know what they're going for on eBay right now. Probably more. But... She gets up on Christmas Day, she looks under the tree, and what do you see but twin Cabbage Patch dolls. She opens it up, she names the boy Richie, she names the girl Becky, and she hugs them as tight as she can. She hugged them every night. You know, it was, it was love 
that found Chrissy when she was all alone and, and ripped away from her family members, the great God saw her, and not just, he saw specifically the desire of her heart and blessed her, not only with that gift, but with the chef that took her home and the group parents at Lydia home. She said what got her through was knowing, hey, God loves me. And even if I feel unwanted, I know I am loved. I can hang on to that every single night when I go to bed. There's an old Jewish saying, goes like this. Days pass, years vanish, and we walk sightless among miracles. It's possible to pass our days preoccupied with greatness and become sightless to grace. Because there is grace all around us, working in our life from a great God who sees ordinary people and comes through for them in concrete ways, but we might miss it. All that's required for us to see the miracles of a great God who does great things for ordinary people is to become like Mary, to become like Chrissy, to become like a child, and and actually open your heart up to the living God and his grace for our life, for his great deeds, for his miracles. Now, most of the time, we put our best foot forward, right? That's the way that we have learned how to get through in this world. We start with greatness. We step forward with greatness. But, but not so with God's grace, not so with his grace in Jesus Christ. We actually put our worst foot forward when we come to him. We start with our weakness. We start with our medical bills that we can't pay and the loneliness in our hearts and our guilt and our stress. And we say, Father God, would you help me? Would you step in? Would you take care of this problem? Can I trust you with it? Would you show me your grace? And then we watch. We watch for those specific ways that God does great things for our ordinary life. And then we begin to say with Mary, we begin to sing with Mary, he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. That is one reason we can celebrate at the end of 2021, no matter what we've been through. God is still doing great things for ordinary people. There's a second reason, though, that we can celebrate, and that is that God pays the cost to keep his promises. One of the things Mary sings about, and we can sing about, that God pays the cost to keep his promises. You know, it doesn't cost a lot to make a promise, does it? You can make a promise all the time. But keeping a promise, that's, that's going to involve your time, your energy, your money, your commitment. Um, the promise to show up to help you move apartments. It's going to be a costly promise to keep. Or what about the promise to foot the bill for a large project? Or the promise to root out corruption once you're given power? You know, it's one thing to make the promise. It's another thing to keep the promise. And the difference is the cost. Are you willing to pay the cost? In her song, Mary sings about God keeping some very big promises. And you can see them highlighted in, in like the last two paragraphs of her song on page 15. Um, she actually speaks about them as if they were already kept, um, shown mercy to those who fear him, or that God has shown the strength of his arm, or that he's thrown down the arrogant and exalted the lowly, or that he's fed the hungry or that he's kept every single promise that he made to Abraham 
and her fathers. God has promised to set the world right from top to bottom. He has promised to make everything new. He has promised to redeem every last thing we've suffered in 2020 and 2021. Everything. And if God doesn't keep one of his promises, we can't trust him at all. But he has kept and is keeping those promises. Mary sings about it. Um, You think about the state of our city, right? And the state of our world. We really need a God who keeps his promises and pays the cost to do so. In our city alone, you know, we've got violence that snuffs out human life, both old and young. Instead of honoring human life, we snuff out human life. Um, We also have 5,000 kids at any given time in the Chicagoland area who are in foster care. 5,000 Chrissies in our world, in our city specifically, um, who don't have a mom and dad to stay with. Um, Around the world, we've got dictators that are getting away with murder. Literally, they're getting away with murder. They're, They're arrogant and they haven't been cast down. We are broken. Every single one of us has something in our life that's broken, and our world is broken. We need God to pay the cost to keep every last promise to us. In 1980, um, a man named Robertson McQuilkin was at the height of his career. He was, uh, at the time, the president of Columbia International University, and he was a sought-after writer and speaker and leader. And and yet, just at the time when he was at the height of his career, when his work needed him 100%, um, his artistic and spirited and talented wife, Muriel, began to show signs of Alzheimer's at an unusually early age. And uh, they managed as best they could some years passed, and things got worse. And um, when Robertson would leave for work, uh, Muriel would become highly anxious. She loved it when he was there. And she became very distressed when he would leave. And so she would walk the entire distance from their home to the college several times a day to look for him. And at one point, um, Robertson was helping Muriel take off her shoes. And he was kneeling down and he was taking off her shoes and he took her shoes off and he noticed that her feet were bleeding because she had been walking so much to see him and to find him. And it was when when he saw the bleeding feet of his wife, where he realized, I've got to keep promises I made to Muriel 42 years ago to be with her in sickness and in health. The college might need to be 100%, but she needs me 100%, and I made a promise, and I'm going to pay the cost to keep that promise. Here's what he wrote to his college. Recently, it's become apparent that Muriel is contented most of the time she's with me, In almost none of the time that I am away from her, she is filled with fear and terror that she has lost me and always goes in search of me when I leave home. So it is clear to me that she needs me now, full time. The decision was made 42 years ago when I promised to care for Muriel in sickness and in health till death do us part. But there's more than duty. I love Muriel. She's a delight to me. I don't have to care for her. I get to. It is a high honor. Robertson kept his promise. He left his high position. And out of love, he devoted himself to caring for a wife with bleeding feet. 
Now, now Mary is singing about a God who did something very similar, a Savior who, uh, Jesus Christ, who kept his promise, left his high position, and devoted himself out of great overflowing love to care for a world with bleeding feet. Jesus paid a great cost to keep his promises to us. He exchanged the glory of heaven for a human life, and he placed himself under the hardest conditions the world could offer, harder than 2021, um, but including some of the things we face today, homelessness, poverty, hunger, dishonor, betrayal, even torture. His human life ended in dishonor on a Roman cross. But the thing is, that is exactly the place where God kept all of his promises to us, to our bleeding world, to our broken systems. Because it was in his death that he showed God's mercy to every generation. When he rose to life after three days in the tomb, it was proof positive that he could now redeem every situation, keep every promise, no matter how bad things get, he could make every single pain, every single loss right, and he will make it right, all of it, every single one of it, for those of us who trust him. Um, There's a British woman, Julian of Norwich, who experienced a near-death experience at the age of 30. And she came back from that near-death experience and put it this way about Jesus. All shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. In Jesus, God paid the cost to keep his promises. And that is a really good reason to celebrate at the end of 2021. It is a really good reason to sing, um, even at the end of a really tough couple of years. The mighty one, the mighty one has done great things for me. He's done great things for you. He's done great things for Mary and Chrissy and all of us. Now, maybe you're at a point where you say, I, I don't believe that yet. It sounds nice, but it's too good to be true. And so it's, many people have found themselves in that place, myself included. And so my question to you is simply this. At this Lessons and Carol service at the end of 2021, my question to you is this. Is there any part of you that wants it to be true? Is there any part of you that wishes Mary's song was true? Because that's the place where God can meet you. It's only in that, that glimmer of hope, that openness to even wanting it to be true, that, that actually the Lord can actually show you in real time, in a way that you could understand that it can be true for you, and it is true for our world. Um, If you want to explore this deeper over the holiday, we have some free copies of a book called Reason for God. It's written by a New York City pastor and thinker, Tim Keller, and you can just take one for free. There's other literature there that you're welcome to take with you. We also have a dinner and conversation group starting in January called Alpha, and this is where people get to ask um, big, the big questions of life, the meaning of life, and the existence of God, and purpose for our existence. And we would love to have you join us for that uh, dinner and discussion group. Um, but as we conclude this reflection on this beloved, cherished song, let's pray together now. Lord, it has been a tough year. And you only know 
what each person here has, has been through. But deep down, Lord, we want to celebrate like Mary. And I want to say, uh, say just thank you for all of the ways that in your greatness you have seen us and intervened in our ordinary lives. We want to thank you, Lord, for paying the cost to keep your promises. And now, Lord, we want to ask for the grace to see you, to savor the miracle of Jesus Christ. Not just true in history, Lord, but true for each one of us and true for our world. Bring redemption, bring healing, bring justice, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.